guys, this is the Convinced Christianity Podcast, and I'm Marcus Tatum. And as always, let's get right into it. Um, today, the topic is the reliability of the scriptures, and we're going to discuss that. Um, one of the biggest objections is, is the Bible really God's word? Um, which is interesting. I, I taught vacation Bible school over the summer at Commitment Community Church, and um, one of the uh, the kids actually had this question for me and it felt good honestly to know that I had an answer for her. Um, I feel like she walked out of that class or came in with the question, maybe even didn't expect to hear an answer, thought it was maybe an unanswerable question. Um, but I feel like she walked out of the class with the confidence in scripture, which was really cool to see. Um, another objection is this, um, well, the Bible was written by men, so it must have human error. And, this is not true. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why, um, you know, or I'll just talk about how to answer these, answer and respond to these um, objections. So n- number one, we're going to start with um, the source and origin of scripture. All right. And we're going to start in second uh, Peter uh, chapter one, verse 20 and 21. Um, and the first thing to, to note here is the Bible did not come from man. All right, so let's read 2 Peter 1, verse 20, and see what it says. So it says, But now this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. So this word is, in the Greek, means this. It means came about. All right, so no Scripture came about as a matter of one's own interpretation. And this word interpretation in the Greek is defined as the act or the process of explaining. All right, so Peter isn't talking about the, the process of interpreting God's word, but he's actually talking about the revealing of God's word, the how it was revealed to humanity. All right, so it's, it's how it came about and the process in which it was revealed to humanity. Um, now, if we go on to verse 21, it says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will. I'll stop there. Now, this vase, this this part of the verse kind of just explains what we just talked about. All right, again, it kind of just hammers home that this was not from man, um, that it came about um, from, you know, kind of revealing um, from, you know, kind of a revel- excuse me, a revelation from God to humanity, um, that this was not by human will. OK. Um, and then we read further on in verse 21 and come to our second point, which is the Bible came from God. And we're going to affirm that. In verse 21, it goes on to say, and I'll start from the beginning of verse 21 again. It says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. So Peter informs us of the process by which God gave us the word, right? Which is through humans, but not from humans. Okay? And God controlled the process, which is important to understand. Okay? So, and then if we move on, this word moved in the Greek means carried along. Now, I'm going to sit on this word for a little bit and kind of explain that. Again, this word moved in the Greek means carried along. There's other usages in scripture that help us understand this Greek word. Okay. In Acts 27, we see, um, I believe, Paul on this ship here. And the ship is, there's these strong winds. And the ship at at one point in the chapter, uh, Acts 27, um, the, the, the Bible, it actually says, I believe in verse 14, 
I want to say, yes, in 14. I'll read that to you. Or excuse me, 15. It says, and when the ship was caught in it, talking about the violent wind, um, and it could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. This word driven is the same word um, in Greek that uh, was in um, 2 Peter chapter 1. It's the same word. It was just translated differently in the English so that we'd have a better understanding. But if you read these passages in the Greek, they're the same exact word. So it just gives you a better understanding that this that these men were moved, driven by the Holy Spirit um, to write God's word, to reveal God's word. Okay, so that's important to understand. All right, so let's look at 2 Timothy, uh, Timothy 3, 16 through 17. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. All right. So this word scripture was a technical term used by the Jewish people to refer to sacred writings. So we're not talking about, you know, Homer's Iliad or anything like that. We're talking about um, sacred writings, so which would have been the Old Testament um, or anything else that uh, was supposedly or claimed to have been from God himself. Um, so we know that's what we're talking about here. That's what's being addressed here. And it says inspired by God or other um, uh, other translations might say God breathed. Um, and so this word breathe in the Greek um, can be defined as spirit or wind. Um, so we can understand it like this. This scripture was God breathed, meaning it is the exact exhalation, exhalation of God. Um, so exactly what's on the page is as if God just breathed out onto the page um, and then it's exactly what God wanted to be on the pages of the Bible. Um, and so from these two uh, passages of scripture here from, uh, you know, Second Peter and in Second uh, Timothy, Peter wrote about the process by which God gave us his word and the supernatural origin of scripture. And Paul tells us in Second Timothy that um, the final product um, and he's emphasizing, he tells us about the final product and he's emphasizing the supernatural origin of scripture. Okay. The final product. Um, and although the Bible was written by men, understand it did not come from men. All right. And so next we're going to talk about um, the extent of inspiration, which speaks to, you know, is this generally the word of God? You know, it's just an idea of what God was trying to tell us. Or is this the exact uh, word for word, you know, uh, period, dashes, everything? Is this exactly what God wanted to say to us? And to provide us um, as his word, as the Bible. And so we're going to look at Revelations 10 for it. And that's going to tell us that the Bible is no more than what God wanted. All right. So let's read Revelations chapter 10, verse 4. It says, when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write. This is John. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken and do not write them. So here you have John in heaven, um, he's experienced this in heaven, um, kind of seeing this prophecy. Um, and God told him initially, write down all that you see. And at this specific instance, he tells John, don't write this specifically. This is not something I want you to write in scripture um, for whatever reason. But here we see that God takes so much uh, precaution and cares so much about what he puts in his, his word to us and to humanity and what he reveals to us that he tells John to not write 
um, with the seven peals of thunder has spoken. Um, so it's no more than what God wanted. Okay. And then next we're going to look at Jeremiah 36. Uh, and we're going to understand that the Bible is no less than what God wanted. All right. So in Jeremiah uh, 36, we see um, Jeremiah is writing um, here. And he has a, uh, a what you call a scribe, um, I believe. And Baruch was a scribe. Who was he was writing down all that Jeremiah had told him to write, and so I'm going to read through, try to summarize this as best as I possibly can. Um, so I'm going to read verse one and two. It says, "In the fourth year of uh, Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came up to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take a scroll and write on it all the words which I have spoken to you concerning Israel, concerning Judah, and concerning all the nations from the day I first spoke to you, from the days." Of Josiah even to this day all right and in verse 4 uh, then Jeremiah called Baruch the son of Neriah and Baruch wrote on the scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord which he had spoken to him all right so that's what was on these scrolls the Word of God let's skip to verse 17 all right verse 17 says and they asked Baruch saying and these are um, the leaders in the land um, they asked Baruch saying tell us please how did you write all these words was it at his dictation, speaking about Jeremiah. And um, uh, and he says in 18, Then Baruch said to them, He dictated all these words to me, and I wrote them with ink on the book. Um, let's skip to verse 23. Uh, when Jehuda, Jehudi uh, had read three or four columns, the king cut it with a scribe's knife, uh, so he's cutting up the, the, the scrolls here, and threw it into the fire that was in the brazier until that all the scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the brazier. So we see him destroying what was written here. All right, let's read, skip down to 27 and 28. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after the king had burned the scroll, and the words which Baruch had written at the dictation of Jeremiah, saying, Take again another scroll and write on it all the former words that were on the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, had burned. All right, so you see that there's this um, preservation uh, that God is that has God has over his work that Jehoiakim if I can get his name right um, the king had destroyed what was written destroyed the scrolls cut it with a knife and had it completely burned and God instructs um, Jeremiah here in uh, Baruch I believe as well I guess them together just telling him in general take again another scroll and write um, on it all the former words so exactly what was written on the former scrolls is exactly what needs to be written on here and so there's this um, it's not less than what God wanted you know just because it got destroyed does not mean oh okay God's just going to keep it moving oh, oh well these got destroyed no exactly what he wanted in scripture is going to be preserved and given to humanity It's going to be revealed to humanity the way God had intended it for it to be uh, and no man can get in the way of that um, and we're going to go to the book of Jude in uh, verse 3. And here we're going to learn that the words of the, the Bible and all the words of Scripture is no other than what God wanted. All right. So Jude uh, verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you uh, write to you uh, about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. All right, so here you have the writer um, saying, 
uh, I wanted to write to you about our common salvation. That was my desire. I made every effort to write to you about our common salvation. So this was something that was on his heart. That's what he wanted to write. Yet, it says, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing what you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints. So just because this is what he wanted to write, God said, no, you're going to write about contending earnestly for the faith. So it's no other than what God wanted. You know, the writer may have wanted to write something here, but God says, no, you are writing this here because this is what I'm revealing to my people. This is perfectly and exactly what I need to say to them to get the result that I want. Um, and then moving on, stay with me here. Um, the Bible is intentional and inspired down to a very word level. Um, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. All right. So it says, And when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority or speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Understand what's being said here, okay? It's not, these words are not from man. This is not a, a mind or heart thing from flesh. This is the very word and wisdom from God being revealed to men, all right? Verse 6 says, Yet we do not speak wisdom among these those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in the mystery, the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they had understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and which have not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. Now, he's quoting um, uh, Old Testament scripture here, but let's stop and read that for a second. Things I would, things which I have not seen. So, no man saw anything that said, oh, I'm going to write this. Ear has not heard. No, nothing entered the, the mind of man that said, uh, oh, you know, I think I want to write this Bible. You know, I think I'm going to construct this ideology and start writing, and this will be the word of God. This is not how the Bible was written, and Paul is making a um, point to really emphasize that and then i'll finish up in verse 10 it says for for to us god revealed them through the spirit for the spirit searches all things even the depths of god for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him even so the thoughts of god no one knows except the spirit of god so let me stop right there no as he's saying no man can search god's heart and say oh i know what god is thinking i know what god's heart is only God and the Spirit of God can search God's heart to reveal that to humanity. And so, again, he's emphasizing this is not from man. It's not even that man has even searched God. It's that God has revealed exactly what his spirit is uh, in searching God, God's spirit searching himself, uh, if you will. is That is exactly what God is revealing to man. Uh, verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit um, who is from God. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. All right. 
Not combining spiritual, he doesn't say spiritual thoughts with men's word and humanity's words. These are spiritual thoughts from the heart of God and the spirit of God with spiritual words from the very mouth of God. All right. So it's down to a very word level that these are not words on these are not constructed sentences by man, but from the very heart of God uh, that was searched by the spirit of God. All right. Um, and then in the last couple uh, uh, points here, it's even down to a singular verse plural um, matter here. And we're going to look at Galatians uh, chapter three, verse 16, which says, now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say, and to seeds, as referring to many, but rather to one, and to your seed, that is Christ. So, Paul, the writer of Galatians here, uh, I believe it is Paul, um, he's writing, saying, even pay attention to the fact that it says seed, meaning one. And Paul is saying, since it means one, and not many, he's saying, it, understand that it's referring to Christ. And that if it was saying seeds, it would be referring to us as the descendants of Abraham. But since it says seed, it's referring to one and not many. And he's, he goes on to say, and so your seed, that is Christ. Explaining that this one seed is referring to Christ. So it's even down to that, uh, that detail. Okay, so God really... Um, you see, is preserving his word and, and, and revealing his word exactly how he intends to do it. Um, let's look at verb tense. Okay, it's even down to the detail of verb tense. In Matthew 22, chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 22, verse 32, um, Jesus is speaking here, but he's quoting Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. All right, he's quoting the, uh, the Old Testament here. And he quotes the Old Testament saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And so that he ends the quote, and then he goes on to explain. He says, he is not the God of the dead, but of the living. And so Jesus is, is pointing to the verb tense, um, referring to the fact that it says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, not, and it says, and it doesn't say, I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So he's making a point to say that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob still are alive in the presence of God. They are not a was, they are still alive. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac. I am the God, he says he is the God of the uh, living um, and is not the God of the dead. So he's making a point because, and this was radical because the Sadducees believed that everything ended at death. All right, so that, you know, uh, there was no life after death, if you will, right? So this was radical what Jesus was saying, but he's even pointing to the very verb tense. Um, so that's how detailed scripture is and was intended, intended to be. Um, and to note with that, um, uh, it's important to note here, especially in, on this topic that we're speaking of now, um, there was no verb tense in the Hebrew language, right? Which was what the old Testament was written in Hebrew. There was no verb tense in the Hebrew language. So Jesus would have been reading and quoting the Septuagint and the Septuagint is the Greek version of the old Testament, right? This is the very first translation of the Bible. Um, this was made in third century BC, uh, by Jewish scribes. And so, I mean, we can take something from that. I mean, Jesus treated the copy, right? The Subduagent, the copy of scripture, the translation of scripture as being divine, as having just as much authority as the original. So why shouldn't we? Why can't we? Right? 
we have copies and translations today. Jesus himself used a copy, um, and he treated it with the same uh, authority that the original scripture would have. And lastly, um, Jesus tells us we can trust scripture um, down to the very smallest stroke of the pen. All right. And so let's look at Matthew chapter five, verse 18, uh, which says, it says, for truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. All right. So let me give you an example here. All right. Now, you, this is a podcast, it's an audio podcast, so you can't see, but if you have a chance, look up the letters, the Hebrew letters, hich and hech. I hope I'm saying these right, all right? And they, they kind of look like a, a pi symbol, if you will, in math. Um, they are very, very similar uh, letters, the way they're written. Uh, the first one's spelled H-E, uh, the second one's spelled H-E-T-H, all right? So look those up, they're they're very similar in the way that they are written um and in, and it truly is the very smallest stroke of the pen that would change that letter uh to the to the other and um now these two different letters could change the very meaning of a word so jesus is saying we can trust scripture down to the very stroke of the pen all right and then also understand in the hebrew uh language the the smallest letter is a is a yod is this letter called the yod and it's likened to a um, uh, like an apostrophe, a little fancier, but but about the same size as an apostrophe, um, which is the smallest Hebrew letter. So that is the smallest stroke um, in the Hebrew, Hebrew language that you can make, really, or a letter at least. And Jesus is telling us here that we can trust it down to that very um, small stroke of the pen. Um, and so that'll end it um, here on this this podcast. Um, to summarize what we learned or all the things that we learned and what they you know what that means to us as christians and and how we can respond to those who have objections against the word of god being actually from god himself um we learned that no scripture ever came due to an act of human will all right scripture came through humans but came from god all right next the final product is god breathed is an exact exhalation of god himself um we learned that no more no less and no other is what is in, you know, than what God wanted is in the word of God um, down to the very smallest detail. All right. So I'll leave it there. Um, there's plenty, plenty more uh, to talk about in terms of the reliability of scripture, uh, such as textual you know, criticism, um, which goes into sexual variance and stuff like that. Um, goes in, you know, we could talk about the canon. We could talk about, you know, even the lost gospels. But um, that is going very deep and it's kind of hard to to go that deep on an audio podcast um but um if you're interested in something like that and going deeper into the reliability of the scriptures um you can reach out to me um on facebook um i'd be happy to uh you know meet up with someone and just kind of talk these things over and and you know present you the the um the evidence and the facts and uh the information in such a way as easier to understand and really um, affirm your convictions, your Christian convictions, and uh, even use it as a response uh, for others that have objections. Um, maybe my next podcast will be about the textual criticism, but that's probably as, as deep as I'll go. Uh, but I also, will, in the next few podcasts, we're going to get to um, the deity of Christ. How do we know that Jesus claimed to be God, and how do we know that he is God? Um, and eventually we'll talk about 
the evidence and the facts uh, and historical evidence uh, for the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, this is the Convinced Christianity Podcast. I'm Marcus Tatum. Uh, join us again. Listen to our next podcast. Thank you.